0: Krakoa Radio presents. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Dawn of X Podcast, the podcast where we talk about the newest books in the Dawn of X line. I'm your host, Nick, accompanied by Chief Editor
1: chief fucking that- editor you know chief what editor. how about That's pretty good how, how about fucking producer fucking web host fucking co-host I'm more than chief. just the chief editor chief producer okay I'm, assistant I producer I'll take producer if you don't want to share hosting okay I'll take I'll take producer I'll give you assistant director nope I want producer assistant to the assistant director no fuck you you keep your office <laughs> references you keep your peacock subscription to yourself. <laughs> I won't. Peacock's fucking awful. It truly is, but wait. We're not even into the show. This is Josh, the uh, producer, co-host, and editor of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, chief editor. Take it. Chief, chief, ed- So producer, chief editor, and co-host of the podcast. I didn't say the last part. You did. No, that's fine. As the uh, chief editor, that's what's going to stay in. Um, <laughs> so anyway, Lady Baltimore was down, and we started watching We Are Lady Parts on Peacock. That show's actually really good. Is that about the Muslim Rockers? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's it's really, it's a cute but funny show. It's really good. I like it. Fair enough. Uh, Today,
0: guys, we are talking about Cable 12, New Mutants number 20, and Wolverine number 14. That's a thing. Before we get to that, we have a little bit of news. Uh, We don't know who's going to be writing X-Men possibly next year. So, if you guys don't know, there is a new online service for comics, for independent comics. That's made by um, Scott Snyder, James Tinian the Fourth, and a bunch of other high-level comic book writers. Where basically they're making their own original stories. I think it's called Starbuck or something. Oh,
1: I thought I, I thought it was like a I... Who's doing Substack or does Substack own that? Maybe maybe, maybe that's what it is. Substack. Maybe that's okay, what the whole Yeah, thing Substack is. is like this direct, it's like something I've seen people use to create newsletters. Like it's like a subscription-based fucking like creativity thing. So yeah, that makes sense.
0: Yeah, they're doing that. And there's a bunch of things with it, but like basically when this was announced, Scott Snyder and James Tinian both said, like, we're leaving DC for now to focus on these projects. And then, like, a minute later, Hickman has a whole newsletter out about his project, and he kept referring to X-Men in the past tense, but didn't flat out say he's done with X-Men. So a lot of people were like, and he was actually trending. And I'm like, why is Hickman trending? That's weird.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And people were talking about either his Fantastic Four run, because it was Fantastic Four's anniversary this week or last week. Uh-huh. And then we had people talking about him leaving X-Men. And I saw some interesting, like hot takes, like some people who don't like any of this X Men stuff right now. They just oh, don't give me one
1: of those people's hot takes. What's one of those? What's a oh, hot I just take? saw a
0: lot of stuff like I miss when the X Men were at the mansion doing missions. Um, some people feel that X Men has lost the metaphors, and I'm like, are you reading the books? Oh, but, um, oh they've lost the metaphors, have they? Apparently,
1: yes. Okay, all right.
0: Um, but no, I, I I have seen quite a few people say that they feel like they've lost the metaphors and skipped just to like weird high concepts. Um, oh, I was like. So-
1: you can have both. So you, what you're saying is a bunch of people who look like me are unhappy with how uh, the X-Men are going. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so I've seen a few of those, but like there is confusion and I'm, I'm, I'm not surprised, but he just never addressed it. He's never went like, oh, no, 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 I'm still part of it for now. I'm yeah. finishing up, you know, Inferno or whatever the, the plan well, is. Well,
1: I'd imagine it's already done, right?
0: Like maybe he he's the truly... he's the kind of writer who gets this shit done a year in advance. So that's I what would... I'm saying. Like
1: maybe he truly is done. We just like it hasn't come to that part in the publication series. Well, they yet. called
0: the the first issue of Inferno the beginning of the end of the Hickman run. Yeah, that's which does was raise was. a lot of questions. Like, what is gonna still be there when he leaves? Is, I know. Is the ending of his story gonna wrap up everything and bring the status quo back, just back to what it used to be? That's what.
1: Like, yeah, it's a fear. <laughs> That's a fear of mine. We talked about that after I reread Hoxpox, pox, which was like, oh yeah, this could all go away with a I mean, Moira death. <laughs> when Moira does the right thing and then gets a, a 11th life and then everything resets. Like, yeah. Like Cuz you wouldn't drop that for no reason. You wouldn't no, drop that story beat. No, you. you don't. That's a that's a pivotal part of her like of the fucking entire plot, really. Yeah. So
0: That'll be interesting. That's uh that's happening in the future. Yeah, other than that, no uh no big mutant related news I can think of. Yeah, other than um, the fact that we're our 50th episode next
1: episode. 50th, man. We've been doing this for 50 episodes for 50 years, for 50 years, man. And we yeah. don't look a day over 60. If you guys don't
0: know, we're gonna have a lot of big announcements. We're gonna rank individually rank our uh X Men movies, yeah, all of the Fox era X Men movies. That'll be yep. really interesting. We're gonna. We we have have some some really fun announcements coming up.
1: Yeah, yeah. We got some announcements. We got some movies to watch. Yep. Some surprises. Going to be some good shit. Y'all want to stick around? And uh, we've been a little behind schedule. Uh, We had some scheduling issues and some and some health issues recently. Point being, in one week from when you're listening to this, maybe if you're listening to it when it comes out, I guess. Yeah, I mean, podcasts are weird. You can listen yeah. whenever you want. Anyway, seven days from whenever this hits the podcast thing, we will have our 50th episode up.
0: Oh, and the day after COVID.
1: that, it's my birthday. What, what? So it will be the 50th episode and Nick's birthday episode. Where I'm 50. Where he turns 50. <laughs> Insane.
0: Insane. And the thing you is, guys, all you, you have to do this, you can't script it. And all you guys have to do is Fucking leave a like share with a friend and comment and rate and review i don't know if you can't just like it but rate and
1: review has gotta be one of the things you can just like it
0: yeah just like it we like it if you just like it but anyway guys let's get right to business and That's kick cool. off with the
1: last issue of cable the last issue of what i think might be my favorite cable run yes. ever. yeah definitely like from start to finish, obviously. Yeah. I mean. Okay. So cable picks up exactly where it left off, which is cable, old man cable crashing down on Strife to finish their battle of who's the real cable. I'm not sure what Strife's plan is exactly, other than like world domination through limbo and demons.
0: Yeah, it's pretty vague. It's no there's no like particular insidious plan.
1: It's almost like For them at least, just more of the same. And not to get too far ahead of myself here, but it it is kind of weird that like Strife is kind of a buffoonish villain. Like anytime I've ever seen Strife in a comic, like his his plans are always kind of like just stupid. And he's an exact clone of Cable, who's a pretty cunning person. You know what I mean? Like one was raised. That way, and
0: one was raised by apocalypse, kind
1: of. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's you know, nurture over nature, man. Nurture yep. over nature. Um, so in this fight, Strife thinks he has the upper hand when we see the rest of his people finally come through the Krokoan Gate. So, Young Cable, Cyclops, who else is there? We got Deadpool, Gene, Hope, Rachel, and, and Domino, yep, and S. Plowing through a bunch of fucking uh, demons in that, whatever the fuck the tank was called, whatever Cable's tank was called again.
0: Or uh, something. Something.
1: Uh, anyway, it's at this point that the that particular gang is mowing down a bunch of uh, demons that Esme decides she's going to put an end to this and she's going to go just psychically take down Strife because, you know, she's pretty confident in, in her collective powers yeah but uh cable famously still uh, telepath as well so uh <laughs> strife instead invites her in and shows her all the different possible futures and pasts in which they are always strife and cable in interlocked in epic battle and that it, this is the only constant throughout all the histories and what i like about this is this is setting up like yeah these are like all just different alternate timelines you know what i mean like these are all like who knows what fucking timeline we're even looking at right now with this whole one you know what i mean it's pretty wild
0: well there's moments in this book and the book before where it's like oh cable knows about the future he knows about and i
1: yeah when i get i'm gonna get to that and i'm gonna try to see if i understand it so um so Esme is kind of taken back by uh, this vision that she sees and young Cable has to save her from being beaten, beaten up by uh, Strife. And it's at this point that uh, Esme has this long conversation with Cable about how she started dating him really because no one trusted him. And so Emma basically had them go spy on him. And it was when Esme realized oh, he's just a dumb boy. <laughs> Is that like she Jean actually
0: was one who said the spy on him
1: oh was it i thought it was emma but i think
0: it was gene which made it more i was kind of like oh shit like uh almost positive.
1: yeah yeah oh I'll, whoever one of the one of the telepaths uh
0: well it's more when your mom is like hey can you watch this kid
1: <laughs> yeah right so um they have this little sweet moment and it's at this moment when like they're still kind of having this talk, and they're getting surrounded because they're not paying attention to the battle. And Jean has this—maybe it was Jean—because Jean has this moment with Esme, where like she's like, "Just take a breath; it's all overwhelming. Also, it's going to be fine. We need to help the boys out because they're uh, they're getting swarmed. <laughs> so, like, they uh, they combine their psychic energies, to start turning the tide, and they knock Strife's Magneto-like helmet off his head with their uh, combined telekinesis slash telepathy. And at that point, Esme is able to shut off Strife's ability to use any of his powers. Young Cable and old man cable confront him. Strife is asking he's like, hey man, Krakoa's is for all mutants, right? Amnesty, forgiveness for all. And they blast him to death. Yeah,
0: I like that. It's like, no, nah, no, nah, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah, a theme not- we'll get in other books too today.
1: Uh-huh. It's a it's a little bit of a theme going on here.
0: Yeah. Is it for everyone? Don't we all deserve yep. a second chance?
1: Like yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll you. see. And so uh, at that point, all the demons are like, "Oh fuck! Thank God that guy's gone." And they head yeah. back to limb, They head back to limbo. Um. And then we have the rest of the book, which is <laughs> Cable and Young Cable basically saying, "All right, this war isn't over, kid. You gotta go. You gotta go handle strife on your end." I got to make sure this timeline Strife is taken care of here. We got to make sure that all these different alternate timeline futures are free of Strife's shenanigans.
0: Which, like, there's no end then.
1: No, there's no end. Yeah. Um, it's infinite madness. Yeah. And so the next uh, few pages are a bunch of uh, rushed books uh, finishing up of storylines but I don't really hate that they're rushed. Like,
0: well, I think it works. Yeah. You know what I
1: mean? Like they're not they're not that bad. The only one that I felt was too rushed for its um its gravity was um the one between him, Jean and Scott, you know? Like I I that could have been at least two pages, I would think. Mm. But anyway, so we wrap it up with Old Man Cable uh taking the old the last night of Galador and letting him die with the energy from the blade of Galador on this barren planet, which seems like it's going to have new life, much like the mutants did in Krakoa. So I don't know. So the Galadorian race might be coming back. Esme and young Cable have their nice little goodbyes. Esme takes, which will come up later, takes uh, one of Cable's necklaces, one of young Cable's necklaces, then he's saying goodbye, like I said to us, Scott and Jean and and Rachel, or is that Hope? I think that's Rachel. No, that's Hope. That's Hope. Um, uh, Rachel.
0: It, no, it's Rachel in the orange jacket.
1: Yeah, that's Rachel? Yeah, Rachel. Okay, all right. And there's this scene where, like, as he as he says his goodbyes, he's like, "It's really hard." So I uh, I called in a favor. I called in my favor with Logan to come help them get through this. It's like does he know what he does he know he just like said okay i'm gonna help them by like they're all gonna have a threesome now because like yeah. that's what that's what's gonna happen i mean logan's <laughs> showing up with a lot of beers and they're all gonna fuck each other like yeah so like could you imagine being like a teenager and be like all right i'm off to college i know you're sad so i here's some dude <laughs> why don't you all start fucking here's guy,
0: you, you, both bang, um, you know like that's yeah. what a
1: fucking weird fucking family dynamic
0: it's something
1: and so at this point, it starts getting really interesting because now Old Man Cable and Young Cable are back in their space station. Um, yeah,
0: a lot of questions here.
1: Yeah. Did we know he
0: didn't have a real arm? Did we know no, this arm was fake? No, we did
1: not. I don't. Okay. We did not know. As far as I know. Wait, we might have. Remember when? Um... Oh fuck! What's his name? Noel, I think it was the. The yeah. thing, I think it possessed. Remember when it possessed Cable? I think at some point it mentioned something about like a metallic,
0: okay,
1: arm or something. Maybe I, I don't I know.
0: When it came off, I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> I was a
1: little surprised too, honestly. But I think it might have come up before, but maybe not much. Anyway, so on this space station, old man Cable gives young Cable an upgraded arm, which now comes with his own uh, personal assistant in Bell, and uh, young Cable has some questions as, as every young boy does <laughs> and he wants to basically know from old man cable like do we win yeah. is Krakoa forever uh do i see esme again like what what's up and old man cables is like you want do you want good answers for those then you got to go fucking fight for him man like yeah. which i thought was an awesome fucking line like you want yeah. good outcomes fight for them like damn well, that's a the
0: idea game. it's kind of like uh avengers endgame like if i tell you how this ends you won't do it
1: yeah but going back to something you were saying uh with the whole resetting of everything old man cable refers to this as the krakowa era a couple of times yeah which makes me feel like okay he knows something um and then also there's a point where he says to young cable he's like you've already changed the future you've already like what you did has already changed things for the best or like for the better. And it, to me, it implied like, Oh, this timeline you made is what gave us Krakoa. Like maybe Krakoa didn't exist in any of these other like few possible futures, but this one, it did, you know what I mean? So that's where I was with that. And so then we flash back to when young cable, you'll remember when young cable just decided fuck i need old man cable's help and to do that he decided i need his arm i need that uh the thing he had he had the answers i need in his fucking arm yeah and we discovered that oh he he had that set up already like it was a loop that he had already set up for himself Mm -hmm. that like he had that knowledge that one day his younger self was going to need this technology in order to beat strife in this thing Yeah. Now we come back to when Cable was setting all that up. He was putting his, uh, he was giving, he was putting together his older arm, whatever the, whatever was special about that arm that I can't remember now that young Cable needed. That's what he's setting up right here. And as he's doing that, none other than fucking Esme with the necklace comes out, which means it's fucking looped around. (laughs) Like this is, the timeline, because the only way she got that, because she took that from Young Cable. So they've obviously got back together, or see each other Some, from time to time. time. Yeah, and I'm she's like, 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 he's mad. Like, old man Cable is mad at Young Cable because he has to do this thing to, you know, in the past, in the future. And he says, "Take," and she's like, "Take it easy on the young kid. Yeah, I have a soft spot for him. You know, like it's, so it's like yeah. that particular." timeline has this relationship with cable and i think it's really cute
0: and she says have fun dying implying that like he always knew he was gonna die
1: yeah that's that's what i'm saying like it all like that scene happens both before and because of what is happening with young cable now you know what i mean like it's like a it's a, a nice time loop that we get in this one series that I which I really gives me don't. more
0: questions about the final panel, but we'll get to that in a second.
1: Yes, so uh, we we get one final check in with our young cable as he joins the battlefield against Strife's army in the long distant future, and then we f- close on the parents who lost their mutant baby to uh, Strife when he's kidnapping all of those babies to make sacrifices. Uh, he said. If you'll recall, that he had to clone a bunch of himself to get the set the right number of sacrifices as well, and so one of those clones uh, was returned with the with the baby. So the parents got their baby back, and they got a new baby, which appears to be a baby version of Cable. Yeah. So, uh, cool. So now this <laughs> now this era has. Uh, old man cable living in yep. it and baby cable and yep. kid cable is now in the future though so he's not here he's
0: continuing the cycle or starting the cycle
1: he's starting a new loop I guess I don't know I love but it is this baby yeah. like strife it do- Which also a- continues the cycle <laughs> we do or is this like a brand new fucking version of cable who's not raised at all by gene or S- Gene Scott or apocalypse yeah like this is kind of wild who's this cable gonna grow up to be and we still ha- i mean maybe
0: i don't know if we still have him is x-man still a thing is nate gray still i have
1: not seen nate gray since age of x-man
0: oh yeah he was like a jesus thing for a little bit yeah okay so maybe not
1: so uh i give this particular book four stars or four x's my apologies thank you um And I give the whole 12-issue arc. I give it fucking 5Xs total. I really enjoyed it. What about you? Yeah, same.
0: I give this issue 5Xs and the whole series as a whole. Our first... Well, no, not our first completed series. We have a few. But this is definitely the best completed series. This is
1: definitely the best completed. And it feels like this was always the plan.
0: Yeah. Didn't feel totally rushed. Like, he knew... Gary Dugan knew that he'd write this and then write X-Men. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like this works by itself and works how we're reading it as like part of this whole Krakoan era.
1: Mm-hmm. And now it's brought old man cable into the Krakoa era, era, which is gonna be pretty interesting, I think. Yep. So there you go. That is
0: cable. Fantastic. Sad to Great. see you go. It was a book that I was not excited for when it was announced.
1: And I cable. was though, because I like kid yeah. cable
0: became one of my favorites so there we go next yep. up we're going to go to wolverine number 14 so if you guys don't know josh is not reading wolverine hmm. like i'm not reading um excalibur Excalibur,
1: which brings me to something i meant to address at the top of the uh, at the top of the show so i apologize for that um i have a proposal for you sir go for it you don't like x-core i don't like x-force do you mm. still like X-Force? Uh, I don't. Okay. I feel like Cause... it's going to be important. That's my okay. problem. All right. I feel like we could probably drop Wolverine altogether. And Wait till til
0: I give you this review, though.
1: Okay. All right. Let's see, then. Yeah. Hit Let's me see. with it.
0: So we have this issue. Wolverine is investigating who stole the Marauder, who took the Logic Diamonds.
1: Oh, okay, never mind, my bad.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> All right, keep reading, Wolverine.
0: Yeah, exactly. So the boat, the burning boat was left in Madrapur. Yes, so there's a lot of this issue is Wolverine investigating what's going on, walking around, and he talks about how the boat was left there burning. Uh, Emma's brother was left in the water to, for dead, and they don't know at all what happened. They see like steel is bent inside the boat a lot of dead people there were some dead russians in front of the boat and they don't know why uh, wolverine kind of does his thing where it's not really subtle but he'll go around the town beating information out of people but eventually emma pops up and she's like hey i need to come with you and read people's minds to figure out what the fuck's going on because they've killed my brother and they burnt my ship <laughs> and they use my name to get diamonds and we don't know who did this yeah and eventually, they find a guy who was there, a Russian guy. And Wolverine tells them basically, hey, I can be an asshole and torture you. Or I can come back with some Gricolin medicine that's going to help you heal from your wounds. All you got to do is tell me what the fuck happened on the boat when you got there. He mentions when he got there with his guys, they were told to meet there by someone they don't know who. They get there, and there's this giant... The best way to describe him is... Um, remember Strong Guy from X-Factor? Of course. He's like that mixed with a pro wrestler. Okay. And a little bit of like crank in the face. Alright. All that's, right. that's the best way I can describe him.
1: Let me see. Let me get a look at this. Oh, I see it. I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Thank you.
0: So they mentioned how he was the only thing they were waiting for them. He fucked them up, of course. And they find out he is a pirate from Akaro. Um, from He's one of those mutants. Uh. And they're like, well, what the fuck? What's going on? So eventually, cut to near the end, we have Wolverine going to this like pirate ditch, basically. It looks like a whole graveyard of boats and vessels. Mm. Just there. And he wants to question this guy. So they have a big fight in the water, really dramatic, but like people's heads getting cut off and sharks eating people and eventually at the end of this whole fight they start drinking and he's like you need to tell me who took this fucking boat and uh basically it was he was like ah fuck I'll tell you who did it it was Solomon the guy from X of
1: Swords that son of a bitch
0: and I was like fuck now I care again because I do like that character
1: <laughs> yeah we so, don't know if
0: he was the one who, who originally won the logic diamonds they that's still don't know who at. ordered yeah, yeah, I still know who ordered the Logic Diamonds.
1: Interesting. All right. All right. Yeah. I do. Uh, that sounds interesting. I look forward to hearing more about it then. It wasn't a bad issue. It was pretty
0: straight to the point. As usual, a little cliche. Um, at this point, especially if the Krakoa era is ending soon, I might at least stick with Wolverine and X-Force okay. because like, it's been there since the beginning. So hopefully yeah. it plays a part.
1: All right. If you want to at, draw at core, that's fine. I'll, I'll do the reviews for it.
0: Yeah, I might. Um, but yeah, this wasn't a terrible issue. It, it was straight to the point. had some nice art. Yeah. It was a middle-of-the-road issue. And at least they're addressing this now, which is good. Interesting. All right. Yeah. So Very... I give it three Xs.
1: Nice. All right. Well, that brings us to New Mutants number 20. First of all, I love the fucking cover.
0: Yeah, the cover is really cool.
1: Pretty cool. All right. So, like all new mutant books we have two plots going on here i'm going to start with the most straightforward plot which is on the tiny island uh in the most remote place in the world there is a new mutant or a not the new mutants but a, a a mutant is 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 here like they cerebro discovers a new mutant yeah their powers are going off in the form of an earthquake And mass devastation. So the new mutants, the team, use this as a training opportunity and a a goodwill mission. They they are going to go save this uh, emerging mutant and offer them safety on Krakoa and also save the village so that they don't hate mutants. And as they're doing this, you quickly realize that uh, nobody here is actually wants to hurt the girl that the village and her mom, the view her, even though she's a mutant and even though she caused this destruction, they still love her. She's still one of their own. And they think the mutants have come to kidnap their babies because that's kind of a rumor going around, apparently. Yeah. And so they start trying to fight the new mutants. And it's finally when Warpath realizes, oh, wait, no, she's safe here. So he like they just have this moment where it's like, all right, all right, no, we're not stealing any babies, man. Here's a Krakoan leaf she, or seed. She can come here when she wants, if she wants. You just uh let us know what you need. Well uh mutants out. <laughs> like I kept
0: thinking, like, did you ask if that's a good spot to put a, a gate?
1: <laughs> yeah, no, no, they didn't, they didn't. They yeah, just went ahead yeah. and dropped that shit. Just like, like that one life. guy's
0: like, that's my parking lot. Oh, all right, fuck, okay.
1: Man, that was my parking spot. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> so that wrapped up that one. I thought it was a pretty, you know, albeit hokey, pretty decent storyline.
0: I, I think it's setting up something. Yeah. The idea that people are more scared of mutants. Yeah, definitely snapping children. It kind of yeah. reminded me of um, if you've ever read any expanded universe stuff for Star Wars, where like there was a time in the prequel era where like families were hiding kids with force powers because these strange monks will come out of nowhere and say, Hey, they're three perfect, give them to us. Like they have powers. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, that's fucking weird. Like,
1: <laughs> of course. Yeah. All right. So back to the story that we all care most about, which is last we left our young the youngest of the new mutants, Laura Kinney, one honey badger, was dead. Presumably and so her,
0: killed by um, Farouk. We think. Yes. Most likely. Most likely. It's, it's fair. It's, it's a fair thing. Yeah.
1: We did not see it happen. No. But we are led to believe that that is what happened. Um, so her friends find her. And they are like, oh shit, what are we going to do? And like a cup, one of them, I forget who, one of them is like, we got we to gotta tell the adults. And that's when uh, No Girl especially is like, man, fuck the adults. And she takes possession of Laura Kinney's uh, dead body and uses it to communicate her feelings for the adults haven't done shit for us. We've asked for help. They haven't done anything. She brings up an incredibly good point, which is everyone else is able to fucking use the resurrection protocol to get their powers back or to get their, or in the case of Sean's brother, get his fucking whole body back. Mm. What was her condition isn't because of her mutation. Like, she was from the Grant Morrison run where fucking the evil fucking people took her brain out and like were experimenting on it to take her mutant genetics and shit. Like yeah. she had a fucking body. <laughs> like, and it's kind of like shitty that, like, at no point has she ever been given the option to be like, Yeah, can I fucking come back in the body I'm supposed to be in? Like, I'm only I'm only not in that because. I was kidnapped by anti mutant people and tortured. Like that's pretty fucked up, honestly. And so she all kind my of sympathy
0: fe- for them leaves pretty soon. But yes. Continue. Oh yeah, yeah. No, no. I, I,
1: I'm just saying they're not wrong that the adults are are fucking awful. Yeah, because they have been. The adults have been fucking ignoring all of them. So anyway, No Girl basically convinces them all that the best thing to do here is to not tell anyone that Laura Kinney is dead. Or not Laura Kenny, sorry. Um,
0: Honey Badger.
1: Honey Badger, what's her real fucking name? Oh, it is Laura Kenny. No, no, Laura is the yeah, other Laura one. Kinney is X-23. Yeah, what the yeah, fuck right. is... They say it in here like a hundred fucking times.
0: Like Scout or something?
1: Scout is her new it. code name, but like what the fuck is her actual... Why can't...
0: <laughs>
1: Gabby. Gabby, fucking shit. <laughs>
0: literally the first words.
1: Yeah, I like legit fucking could not come. Like I kept like the G was there, but I couldn't get the rest out. <laughs> anyway, so no girl convinces them that the best thing to do not tell any adults, and they should basically try to do what the five does on their own. We've been playing with our powers. We know what to do. We can fucking bring her back through mutant magic somehow. But I like, was all, a little. All oh, we have yeah. to do. Yeah. I, it, they're teenagers. It doesn't hold up to much scrutiny. No. Um, all they think they have to do is go get her Cerebro back up and they'll be able to fucking uh, bring her back. Yeah. So they go to break into oh, there was one other little plot point that come that's kind of important that I did skip over. So Rain Sinclair has also found herself under the sway of one uh, Farouk as of late and at the green lagoon which us honestly is the coolest fucking place and we need a green lagoon fucking series like just like a series of like one shots you know where it's just like what's happening in the bar what
0: the cheers of x-men
1: exactly like just just a bunch of like standalone stories happening in the in the bar i
0: really feel like the ending of the trial of magneto should end with like blob going like I know it happened. I was staying there. You all ignored me, but I saw the whole thing.
1: He's like, "Yo, I'm the bartender. Everybody tells me everything." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So anyway, in the Green Lagoon, Rain is having a drink. It seems with Farouk, and when uh, Karma comes in, Farouk takes off, and uh, Karma joins Rain at at the at her table, and was like, "Okay." I see uh, you're getting friendly with uh, somebody who's a bad dude. I just want to tell you to be careful, you know, like I'm one of your closest friends and I don't know if you remember, but one time Farouk possessed me and made me an incredibly awful human being and like uh, really did some awful shit to me. So, you know, it kind of hurts me as your friend to see you hanging out with somebody who so violently abused me, but you know Kuro is about fresh starts but rain doesn't see it that way she sees it as pestering her and yeah. judging her and not giving everyone a fair shake and she makes a good point though like you bring back your brother who you know traditionally evil dude but you're not willing to give uh, this guy a second chance yeah fair point i guess uh good, but Mary, yes. <laughs> but rain gets mad and says mind your own business it's not like any of you fucking care about me anyway And she storms off. At this point, our young gang is heading to what the fuck do they call it again? The the, the, hatchery, whatever. The hatchery, thank you. On their way to the hatchery, they are confronted by Dakin, who, you know, just recently got a note from uh, Gabby saying, like, we need to talk. Uh, Things aren't great. And he's like, hey, I'm glad I found you. I was worried about you. What's going on? And no girl, possessing her body and walking her around the fucking island.
0: Hate it. Hate all this. <laughs> um,
1: it, it basically has a fucking conversation with him where she's pretending to be fucking Gabby, telling him to go fuck himself because he never paid attention to her. Again, not entirely wrong. But not her place to do. But not her place to do.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. And also you all, you as her friends also got mad at her when she was trying to warn you about Farouk. Like you have a lot of, uh, there's a lot of protesting too much here, I believe. Like they are overcompensating for the fact that they know that they were mean to their friend and now they can't do anything about it. But also the
0: question, their actual end goal no girl wants to keep gabby's body but make her a new body and upload it
1: or if it was no girl was gonna go into another body and then gab gabby could go back into her body i don't really remember Yeah, it
0: wasn't super clear but all of it sounded bad
1: oh yeah all of it is is not but how it's gonna walk
0: around your friend's dead body right now basically yeah uh and it's not burning it a bernie's, at bernie's <laughs> her body
1: right now. times a uh, hundred yeah uh yeah it like not only just walking her around but like taking like you said like taking her agency and not in like speaking for her where it's not her fucking place to do like she is way over the fucking line for a a a girl who's you know just a floating brain and so they uh yeah that happens they head to the hatchery where we find rain sinclair talking to elixir which uh has its own kind of weird problematicness to it because that's the that's the young kind of underaged person uh, that Rain had uh, relations with and then was like kind of dumped in shit in like some early two thousands X Men run.
0: Hmm. My so, only knowledge of Elixir was from X Force. Yeah, two thousand X Force. But yeah,
1: when he was a student and Rain was a teacher at the I think the Jean Gray School or whatever it was at that point.
0: Oh, was that during Wolverine the X-Men? Maybe. I still remember. Maybe, yeah. Okay.
1: Maybe. Anyway. Uh yeah. So the gang sneaks past them, head, heads inside. They and then they all start having really sweet memories of, of Gabby and like what a great friend she was to them. Again, them realizing that they were not a good friend to her. And now this is their best attempt to rectify that badness on their end which is going to make it worse. Yeah. Fucking teenagers are so stupid.
0: Yes. If you're a teenager listening, you're stupid. I'm sorry. It's true.
1: So, at that point they run into uh Eva or Tempest is that her code name? Okay, yeah. They run into Tempest who she's like what the hell are you all doing here? And then no girl decides, oh, "Fuck it, I'm going to like possess her and now." And like and then she takes over her fucking body. And at that point, Rain catches them in full Wolfsbane mode. And it seems like she's about to fucking attack these goddamn kids. And we end with finally Karma walking up to Danny saying, we need to talk about Rain.
0: So before we get into like ratings, this issue was, re- it was very uncomfortable. Like I felt uncomfortable yeah. what they were doing with the dead body of Gabby.
1: Yeah, I think you should. I think,
0: but also, I think Rain is there to do something very similar. I
1: think that's
0: why she's there. It's not because like she happened to stumble upon the kids. I think she's trying to do the same as that thing for her kid.
1: I think that's why she was trying to like pull in her fucking sway with uh, elixir to get access to it.
0: Yeah, I think she's doing the exact same thing. And then, like, I do imagine like Tom Cassidy or Sage, like, watching all of this like what what the fuck's happening these are Cassie's got
1: to feel it at some...
0: yeah like this is our most secure area in the entire island are you telling me no one's coming
1: I especially since if you will remember all the way back to the beginning of this r- run one of the first things that happened on Krakoa was they were invaded Yeah, <laughs> like you didn't upgrade your security after that
0: like, This is the hatchery. This is where this is the first of all, it seems like one of your biggest secrets to the outside world, yeah. And also, your most important five mutants are there, yeah. There's no security, like, like essentially,
1: it's a little uh disconcerting.
0: I'm wondering, yeah, I, I, I definitely want to know where this is going. Is it going to be revealed that Farouk is manipulating everyone more than we even know?
1: I 100% believe that's where we're heading.
0: But also, I don't like stories that take away responsibility from the characters and go, oh, it was actually because of a different character.
1: I'm I'm what I'm thinking is most likely the case is that Farouk is not telepathically manipulating them. He's just talking to them. So he's and, always
0: Scott Free. I didn't do anything. I just Yeah,
1: did. I think he's he's manipulating them in the very a very human way. And he's uh, playing on the things that they are already upset about and worried about and basically like egging them on to do these things that are easy to justify to themselves because of their moral outrage but at the same time creating an equal moral uh uh void if you will you know what i mean like yeah it's heavy shit and there's a lot of like like, he's, like we pointed out with the, like the possessing of bodies and shit too you know what I mean like there's a lot of like fucking agency questions being asked here too you know
0: no girl just jumping from body to body like it's no big deal and it's like, yeah eh, it's kind of a big deal
1: yeah and right now she's in the body of Tempest when yeah. this book ends
0: so now she has time powers like mm-hmm. Tempest, if you read the um Bendez Uncanny X-Men run yeah like she can flat out go through time
1: yeah that's why she's part of the five
0: yeah like now we have a character who can go through time being controlled by a character who clearly has no sense of boundaries
1: yep yeah yep not a great uh not a great ending to this book No. (laughs) very interested for uh new mutants number 21
0: yes so i gave
1: it four x's though how about you man
0: Four X's, yeah. You yeah. Get four X's. I did enjoy it. It was just an uncomfortable enjoyment. <laughs> it was,
1: yes, it was. It did. It did its job. We were supposed to be uncomfortable, you know.
0: Yeah. Already then. All so right. guys, um, don't forget next episode, big number fifty. Uh, anything any 0 things you want to comment about? Any great memories? We'll be going over a lot of stuff like that over the course of the show. Please tweet at us because you can tweet me at Madman Three Thousand Five. Josh, where can they tweet you?
1: You can send me your fond memories and you can send me your not-so-fond memories at yeah. Xbrarian. It's librarian with an X.
0: Oh, that's so clever, man. Thank you. That's what chief editors do. The creativity of chief editors.
1: Yeah, yeah. Are you saying yeah. chief or cheap?
0: So, guys, until <laughs> then, uh, thank you for your support and we will see you...
1: Next time. Next time. <laughs> This has been a Krakoa Radio production.